Hello and welcome to episode 1157 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, March 28th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad. We got to hang out this weekend. Um, the season starts this week. How's it going? Oh, man, I just cannot wait. Um, you know, like Thursday morning cannot come soon enough for me. Uh, I don't have any more drafts unless I jump into another one, which I, I did last night. So uh, you, you jumped in, even though I because I, we had talked about doing an OC, and then I was like, no, I, I just I don't have the time. I was working until like midnight, and so then you ended up doing it. How'd it go? Uh, oh, Fantasy Pros doesn't like it. I just checked that this morning. Um, but they hated uh, my main. I don't it, give a shit. It's so funny. They nothing um, against Fantasy Pros. I, you know, it's just automated. I don't. No, it's I, automated, and it, it doesn't take into account like a lot of the things that uh, go into the format. So, like in mine, it it picked Team Eleven as like the second best team, and Team Eleven drafted six guys who are going to start the year on the IL or in the minors. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So. Don't so, ever get hung up on those for, to the positive or negative. I'm not just saying yeah. it because my team got a negative one on the main event. Like if it was in first, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like I, it's fine, but I wouldn't be like, yes, I'm winning. I don't, I don't want it. It'll, so last year, both of my main events were graded as like A pluses. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither of my main events did well last year. So I, I, I feel like in, it's kind of a joke around the industry. That it's like a yeah. kiss of death. Kiss of death. If you got well. two too good mm-hmm. well then i got a lot of love then if that's the case because they hated it but we might be able to talk some main event today uh but we got a lot of news and uh, we are both on a little bit of a time crunch so let's dive in and uh, if we get to the main events we do if not we'll talk about it maybe a bit on friday after we review opening day um let's start with the big injury tristan mckenzie is going to be out for up to eight weeks this is obviously a massive deal could be as short as a couple weeks but it's up to eight weeks. As you know, we always kind of, you know, lean toward the side of, of the longest end of it just, just to be safe. There's no reason to be overly optimistic. It just leaves you disappointed when it comes to injuries. But he has a right terrace major muscle strain. And uh, that is going to that's going to sideline Tristan McKenzie. One of the major issues with him has been health. He stayed healthy last year, had a breakout season. There has been concern. We talk about how he's my my body comp, my direct body comp, mm-hmm. and there's been major concerns about how much that frame can hold up to the rigors of 30 starts a season. And you know, he got he had a relatively full season in 2021 as well, which was good. Um, 21 innings in the minors, 120 in the majors, so that's 140, 141 innings, and then 191 last year. So two relatively healthy seasons. But now we're already starting with on the IL for Tristan McKenzie. How are you feeling about him right now? You say you don't have any more drafts, so it's not going to affect you there. Did you have concerns about him coming into the year, uh, or were you drafting Tristan McKenzie as a bona fide number two? I was not drafting him as a number two. I had him as a number three. Uh, and it was in large part because I didn't trust him to stay healthy. Uh, yeah. Like you mentioned, he, he missed a lot of time in the minor leagues. Um, one of the, you know, I mean, he was a top tier prospect, uh, pitching prospect. And, really kind of fell from grace in terms of the rankings uh, because he missed so much time in the minor leagues. And Arguably so I, the best they've had as far as talent prospects. Oh, yeah. Right? They've developed so many great guys in Cleveland. Tristan McKenzie, probably the most talented of them. They've cultivated others into greatness. He has the most talent, but the injuries have been such a problem. Yeah, so I, I didn't draft him at all this year. So Me I'm, neither. I'm, For that exact uh, reason. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. Uh, based on that. So uh, that being said, like this is really, really difficult to, you know, because he's probably going to miss two months. Um, I know that there's been, you know, shorter ends of that time frame given, but you just got to think they're going to be pretty careful. They've got a lot of depth in that organization for pitching. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a guy that's been injured a lot. So uh, not much you can do, but just hold on tight uh, for as long as you can. Yeah. I think you got to hold in all leagues with Tristan McKenzie. Um, Obviously if you have IL spots makes it easier, but even in like an NFBC main event format, I think you got to ride it out. What are you going to do? Get rid of a guy that you paid that much for. You knew that there was risk coming in. Mm -hmm. You just have to go with it and, and, and hope that things break your way. And this is a huge bummer because I really like him. I love rooting for Tristan McKenzie, but it's, it's not good. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, let's move on then to our next bit of news here. Let me find my board. I'm obviously lost my sheet because I'm a bad host. Reese what? Hoskins. <laughs> ah, the Reese Hoskins injury. A little bit older, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Torn ACL out for the year. Um, obviously, easy cut everywhere. The real discussion is Derek Hall and how you feel about him. This happened while we were out in Vegas. We knew he was going to move up. I feel like he was kind of like a last-round pick type, and, and the main mm -hmm. events go 30 rounds. Um, so he was probably going around there before this news as somebody who could be in a little bit of a strong side platoon for the DH, hit for some power. Now he looks like their first baseman, or at least going to get a good share of that right now if they don't bring in anybody else. Did you move Derek Hall up your board? Was he somebody you were looking to get this past weekend now that he's going to get uh, at least an opportunity at quite a bit of playing time? Yeah, I mean, he was, but everybody in my drafts moved up a little bit more than I did, so yeah. I didn't end up getting him anywhere. Uh, I think I popped him in uh, like a draft and hold uh, while we were in uh, while we we're in uh, Vegas. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like he's going to be – the Reese Hoskins replacement right now. And, um, you know, cause they didn't go and like try to sign like Luke Voigt who, uh, no, he inked with Milwaukee. Yeah. He went back to Milwaukee. Uh, didn't, you know, didn't make a trade for anybody. So I think they're just going to roll with what they have. I mean, he's a really interesting guy. A, a guy who can hit for a, a good amount of power. Um, and, you know, the only problem, you know, draft-wise was he's UT only, though he gained that first base eligibility pretty quickly in the season. Mm -hmm. If he's on your wire, I think you should go pick him up, if, especially if you need first base help. He's Like I said, he's going to play a lot. There's a ton of power in that bat. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he would have to be really, really bad to lose playing time because they just don't have very much else. So that, That's so. the thing. If, if nobody else comes in right now for Philadelphia, I think it's it's Hall's gig to kind of hang on to for a bit. And, you know, there could be some batting average risk. There's a lot of swing and miss. Um, but if he can hit for enough power, which he's shown throughout the minors, then I think uh, I think Derek Hall could hang on to this job for a while. Yep. All right. So, yeah, I pick him up. Would you pick him up in 12s? With I think so. If you're looking for a corner, I mean, the or hard part about, yeah, the hard part of in 12s is that, uh, most people uh, don't really need corner help. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not a position typically that is uh, hard to find people. So, so maybe Util, uh, maybe, you know, he's, he's fringe in a 12 and definitely someone you can watch list in a 10. I, I, I don't really think you would need Derek Hall in a 10, but 15s, yeah. obviously NL only, he was probably already going as a, as you know, relatively decent piece in NL only now he obviously becomes a good, a bigger deal. Yeah. A couple big send downs. Grayson Rodriguez did not make the team. And I thought uh draft sheet Pete on, on Twitter made a good point here that, you know, we give teams credit when it actually is a competition. And we're going to talk about the big guy who made, who made the team and, and a player actually makes it after performing well in spring. Shouldn't we give some credit for saying, okay, if this was a competition to the negative end, you didn't perform, you don't make the team, at least in terms of a consistency factor. Grayson Rodriguez had a brutal spring. He was just bad, and thus he's going to go start in the minors. Uh, what did you think when you saw this news about Grayson Rodriguez? I mean, it was surprising because all the talk had been that he was on this team, that, like, yeah. I mean, he, he really was going to be making the opening game roster. He was going to be part of that rotation. Uh, they were going to manage him kind of moving forward uh, to kind of protect his innings a little bit, but uh, that he was going to, though he's going to be in the rotation. He And I, I don't think anybody can make the argument that their rotation is better without him, uh, even with the rough spring. Uh, Eno tweeted something out about how uh, Mr. Eno Saris, our, our good buddy um, over at the athletic tweeted out uh, that his stuff plus rated better than Hunter Green's this spring. Um, that even though the results said uh, that he was having a, a bad spring, the the stuff was there. The Ks uh, were there. 19 yeah. Ks and 15 and a third for Grayson Rodriguez. He's just getting hit around a bit. Three homers, 17 hits resulted in 12 mm -hmm. earned runs, 15 total, seven walks as well. So it seems like the, maybe the nastiness of the stuff was there, but the command was well off. Yeah, so I mean, I think he's going to be back very quickly. If someone yeah. in your league drops him, then uh, just run to the wire, grab him. I, I can't imagine he's going to spend more than a few weeks, probably in AAA, 
because uh, he's just dominated AAA the entire time he's been there. So, uh, yeah, if, if someone drops him in your league, go run to the wire, grab him, and uh, be happy that they weren't able to be as patient as you can be. Yeah, I, I think you, you'll see some 10 and 12 team cuts for Grayson Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I would be really surprised if, if 15 teamers uh, got super impatient there and, and cut Grayson Rodriguez. Of course, if they did, snap him up. But snap him up in all formats, I agree. Um, if you can afford to hold him in a 10, you know, it's a bit more shallow, but you, you got to take the shot here because I agree that Grayson Rodriguez could go down, put up two great starts in AAA, and then boom, come up for somebody who gets hurt. Right, because guys yeah. get hurt all the time. There's they're going to be a replacement there. I will say, Tyler Wells, somebody that I was like, man, you know, he doesn't have a spot, so I don't know about drafting him, and I didn't. But now he gets that fifth starter's role, and I wonder if there's an opportunity for him to secure himself uh, to maybe make somebody else the odd man out when Grayson comes back. Or if it's injury, then obviously that the injury chooses the player on its own. But Tyler Wells actually did some pretty decent things last year. The ERA wasn't great at 425, but he had a 114 whip um, in 103 and two-thirds. Do you have any interest in Tyler Wells, say, in 15-teamers right now? Yeah, because, I mean, that park is just so good for pitching. It seems yeah. so weird to continue to have to say that. Uh, considering you gotta, how, We got to remind folks, though, yeah. because it's such a new thing. Yeah, considering how bad that park had been for pitching prior to moving the walls back. But, yeah, if he's going to pitch, then uh, definitely want to play the matchups a little bit, and that's a tough division um, to play sure. the matchups in. But because it's a more balanced schedule, you're going to get better opportunities uh, against some weaker teams. So, yeah, I think he's definitely a streamer target in 15-team leagues and 12-team leagues. And He takes a trip uh, to Texas next week. What do you think about that, Tyler Wells at Texas? I think that is in the conversation in 15-team leagues. I think 12s, yeah. that might be pretty difficult considering the top half of that Texas lineup is going to be dangerous. No, uh, I, I, fu- so. I fully agree with that. I, I would not really be looking at Tyler Wells in a 12, but in a 15, I think I'm taking that shot. They don't play all seven days because he starts on Tuesday, so it's not a two-step for him. Um, the other one would be New York at home anyway, which actually, I mean, the Yankees, of course, are good, but it would be at home. Um, that's what Kyle Bradish actually sets up for. He gets the at Texas and home to New York. But yeah, Tyler Wells at Texas, deeper formats, definitely taking a look there. He's the current fill-in for Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, Christopher Morell was sent down for the Cubs. And, you know, this was one that another guy that I had a hard time with, and I ended up not drafting just because I looked at him with the strikeout rate and, and the way he kind of fell off, even though he had the alluring power and speed, it was kind of looking like a late career Carlos Gomez type. And I you know, talked before about guys like that. I love Carlos Gomez. I did the whole experience with him. I got the good. I got the bad. I got the ugly with Carlos Gomez. So I feel like I'm more attuned to that player type now. And it pushed me off of Morel this year. I'm not saying that to like brag or anything. I got plenty of stuff wrong. Um, we'll talk about the Anthony Volpe thing in a moment. I got fat L on that one. But with Morel, Again, I, I just kind of pushed the power and speed to the side. I didn't think he would not make the team. Let me be clear on that. But I just wasn't as interested in him as I normally am in that player type because of the poor plate skills. So he gets sent out. That opens the door for Edwin Rios. Uh, Patrick Wisdom going to start at third, but then Edwin Rios at DH. First off on Morrell, what did you think about Christopher Morrell getting sent down? And are you holding in 15s? Uh, it is the first week of the baseball season, and you know what that means victory lap season so uh yeah i mean this is what i've talked about all off season long with christopher morell was that um he had the worst zone contact in all of baseball last year i mean he you know it was joey galley galloian um in terms of like the swing the of this. yeah without you know the massive power upside that gallo offers and uh i felt like if he didn't make some real changes to his approach and ability to make contact, especially inside of the zone, uh, he wasn't going to be a major leaguer, and he's not. And uh, until he makes those massive changes, um, he's not going to be a major leaguer. And I don't think that's something is that is going to be fixed very quickly. So uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't hold him pretty much in any format. I wouldn't really be holding Christopher Morrell either. Take a look when he gets called back up. You know, there's almost certain that he will uh, get a call up at some point in the year to fill in. And I'll take a look then and assess where I'm at. But as far as drafting Morrell, I just, I just wasn't really keen on it. And, uh, and, and 
couldn't get myself to do it. So like I said, Patrick Wisdom, we kind of knew that he was going to be around somewhere. The winner, I believe, is Edwin Rios. Incredible power, massive, massive swing. Now you talk about Gallo. Yeah. This is a Galloian uh, sort of profile here with Edwin Rios. I was excited about him back in, in LA with the with the Dodgers. I want him to be good, but I acknowledge on the 32% K rate, including 39% last year, it's going to be hard. He doesn't really balance it with a, with a good walk rate either, which is something that Gallo does at least do. But the power is incredible. He has a 273 ISO. That's slugging minus batting average for Edwin Rios in his career. What do you think about Rios and where are you picking him up, if anywhere? I'm not. like I, I think he is like NL only type fodder. Um, he's not going to have this job full time. He's going to likely platoon with Luis Torrens, um, because for some reason the Cubs have decided that Matt, they hate Matt Mervis so much that they would rather roster three catchers on opening day. Well, in fairness, Luis Torrens is not a catcher. Yeah. I mean, I guess like he, but he, he has he's also not a good hitter. Catcher. Like, so like it's, uh, and now they're also talking about Nick Madrigal as a platoon partner, um, for either uh, Wisdom or Edwin Rio. So, uh, like, it's, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't want anything to do with any of these I'm guys. They do. So, uh, yeah, I don't think any of these guys are super interesting. No, I mean, like, like I said, I could get, get some interest maybe in Rios if you're chasing some pop in a 15-teamer. It's still kind of fringe, though, because, like I said, he is going to, it's almost certainly going to ding your batting average. Yeah, none of these guys are going to play enough, and so like that, that's a big that's a big part of it too. That's a great call. Is that the playing yeah. time? Even if you get behind Rios's power, how much are you really going to get in terms of? If there's an so, injury to one of them, and you know, and they go, and okay, well up. now yeah. Edwin Rios is getting all the playing time, or now Nick Madrigal is getting all the playing time, then uh, you go, okay, maybe these guys become a little bit more interesting in deeper leagues. But until that happens, uh, I think that. They should all be on the way for wire. Rios popped four homers in spring, 31% K rate, though. Yeah. In spring. So, I mean, it's exactly what you're talking about. And then the volume not being great uh, also plays a role there. Okay. So that's uh, that's Christopher Morrell getting sent out and when Rios in. Okay. Anthony Volpe made the Yankees. I was wrong on that one, man. I just didn't see it. And um, I didn't think that they, first off, I thought Peraza would, would make it. And so I was like, well, how are they both going to make it? Well, Peraza didn't make it. And it was that simple. It was Peraza out, Volpe in. They did play the guy who had the amazing spring. Mm-hmm. Thought the defense would, would give Peraza an edge. Nope, they're going to go with Volpe. He was just so unbelievably electric in spring. 302, 413, 623 with three homers, five steals. Just absolutely brilliant. He won that job, I think, more than Peraza. Peraza ended up sputtering down the stretch in uh, spring, too. Ended up with a 616 OPS. Was trending with, like, a high 700s for most of spring. And that was another thing, too. I was like, oh, well, he's he's not killing himself here uh, with a bad spring. But then, turns out, like I said, sputtered down the finish line, or down the stretch, and it ended up looking like a no-brainer. The guy with the 1036 OPS over the guy with the 616. So, fat L for me on that with Peraza and my Peraza shares. Volpe makes the team. What'd you think? Um, I know there's somebody that you thought could make the team, but you didn't wind up with him anywhere. So what, what a work <laughs> yeah. was. Yeah. The, I mean, it's super I'm just wanting you to make up for my, for my, yeah. Album. I mean, I, I was one of the people who early on in draft season was like, Oh, you know, I think he could make this team. And, uh, and then I didn't draft him anywhere. Like I've got one dynasty share and that's it. So I didn't even draft him last night knowing that he was making this team. Um, I, I just wasn't willing to pay the, you know, top 10 round price that I figured he was going to have. And so, uh, the upside is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also a ton of downside, uh, that he just isn't able to make enough contact at the major league level. I, I know the, like the, the triple a or double a numbers last year or like video game. Um, you know, he had 50 total stolen bases between, double a and triple a i he's not going to repeat that um i don't know that the power is necessarily uh ready to be like a 20 plus homer guy um that being said he's going to hit in this yankees lineup which is still pretty damn good uh and he has an opportunity he's gonna play every day and uh 
you know, be in this Yankee lineup. So if he's available in your league, just blow your fab. Just like it's, uh, I can't imagine he's going to be available in a lot of leagues, but maybe in some 10 team leagues, like people weren't drafting him, you know, in Yahoo Le- and ESPN. drafted a while ago that haven't run a fab period yet. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Cause other than that, Volpe is going and he's going high and, Simple fact is now if you're if you are drafting this week and some folks draft after the season starts so that everything is settled like this. Um, also, there's drafts going on you know today, tomorrow, Thursday before the season starts. You're drafting in one of those leagues. Volpe is going to be going in the top 100 at this point. Like yeah. I, I already looked it up. Um, that's uh, main events. Basically, since since yesterday. There were four of them, and he went average 95. Volpe did a uh, high of 86, a low of or I guess a low meaning the earliest he went it was 86 a high of 116 it's a tight window you're just not getting volpe for anything resembling a discount i know you haven't paid the toll and you said that you're probably not going to what do you think about that that adp at 95 for volpe i completely understand it i mean we saw last year with uh with julio rodriguez like him going in the fourth and fifth round i I think wit's an even better comparison because he's also a shortstop uh, I don't know. I, th- I think Rodriguez is a better comparison because he was not expected to make the the major league team, and then all of a sudden, once he did, his price went up that high. So True. you're not having to pay as high of a price as you did for Rodriguez or for Wit, uh, for that matter, uh, or other top tier prospects like Jordan Walker and um, and Corbin Carroll. So I, I have no problem doing it. I just haven't been able to pull the trigger. So. Maybe if Let's I do ahead. have another draft, uh, maybe I, I will target him or something. Volpe's going in between Swanson and uh, Wander Franco. What do you think about that? I think with the Wander Franco injury, I understand that a little bit more. But that means he's probably Wander. going ahead of Willie Adamas, which I... not correct. Willie Adamas oh. is at 86. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see the argument for it. Um and that's hard because then he's probably definitely going ahead of Ahmed Rosario. And I, I don't know how much different they are as players. Uh, and Ahmed Rosario's roster spot is completely safe, even when it struggles. So uh, it better yeah. be. I took, him. yeah, I, I took him last night too. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, I think I'd probably still lean. Ahmed Rosario, but I can definitely, like I said, see the argument for uh, Lope, and um, and I kind of wish I had him on a team other than just that one dynasty league. Yeah, that'd be nice, especially since you were in on it, but uh, way to go. Yeah, just a bummer. You can take a victory walk. Not, yeah, not a full, it, not it's, a full it's, sprint. It's maybe a jog. Yeah, a little, little jaunt. Uh, Jordan Walker made the team. This one, take it out. A full-on sprint lap, yeah. This podcast was early on that. Matt Thompson via you. Yes. Uh, but we jumped on board. We were saying, hey, it looks like he's going to make it. If you like him, go for it. And uh, Jordan Walker does make the team. He was already being drafted pr- pretty highly, but now uh, in those same four main events, you got Jordan Walker at pick 120, a min of 94, a max of 148. Puts him in between Gunnar Henderson and Max Muncie. Um, what do you think about Jordan Walker's outlook here? And Really, what do you think about the playing time? I think that's always been the question, even for people that kind of agreed, okay, he's going to make the team. I see that. I'm with that. I don't know what to do about it, though, because I'm still concerned about the playing time. How do you answer uh, those questions? Like, where where do you think Jordan Walker's playing time is going to be? I know he's not going to be called up to sit, but that doesn't mean that he's going to play every single day, in my opinion. What do you think? I mean, I think he's going to play every single day. I don't know why you bring up a guy – of his talent uh, and uh, prospect status to have him sit on the bench. Because you have um, a great team that has a lot of depth and there's just think, not enough room to play every single person every single day. So I, I just, I, I just, I'd be surprised if he's just unquestioned every single day. I think he's going to miss once or twice I'm, a week. Maybe once a week, but I mean, very few guys play unquestioned every single day but he, he's gonna he play just said time. he's gonna play every day i mean you know what i mean like he he's gonna play like a regular plays which is you know he's gonna play six days a week probably get a day off here and there i think the the difference between him if he was playing on the royals like bobby witt jr is coming up uh, and him playing on the cardinals is if he struggles he's gonna lose playing time and potentially get sent down 
I'm super surprised. He's also going to bat not... low too. Pardon me. He's also going to be batting low, unlike somebody like Bobby Witt. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I'm surprised, the, surprised about something. The price has not gone up. Like the price is like where it was when we were drafting on Saturday. The news hadn't come out yet, and he was he's going in the exact same spot. Like it has not moved. Maybe he was just much. always at full price then. I mean, because I, I expected I it to jump too for Jordan Walker. I really yeah. did uh, into the top 100 as well. But maybe he was just already being drafted at full price essentially, and and thus we're not seeing anything uh, anything really jump. Yeah. So uh, I'm here for it. I mean, he's a guy I've rostered on a bunch of teams, uh, in spite of, except for the one like you and I were in together where you snipe me pretty hard. Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's going to be really, really good from the get-go. Uh, if he's weirdly available in your league, you got to go run to the wire and get him. I think I'd rather have him than Volpe, um, but uh, it's really, really close because of Volpe's just speed profile. That's so, the thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, okay. he, I mean, he's going to have third and outfield eligibility, which is fantastic. So. That part's awesome because Jordan Walker yeah. is going to be playing in the outfield. They have that guy, Nolan Arenado. Ever heard of him? Pretty good, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's not going to be playing too much third, if at all. Maybe give maybe give uh, Arenado a spell every once in a blue moon, but that's all you're really going to see there. Uh, so yeah, Jordan Walker makes the team. Price has not gone up so far. So if you like him and uh, you haven't drafted yet, and you were worried about a huge price surge, I mean, an individual league, of course, could could see such a surge. But overall, those four drafts from yesterday to this morning, um, one twenty ADP minimum of ninety four, which actually would be, uh, you know, obviously inside the top one hundred. So you, if you really like him, right around that last pick, your last pick inside the top one hundred, you might want to take Jordan Walker to secure him, yeah. or you play chicken with it and see if you can get him a little bit later. Oscar Colas made the White Sox. This is another situation where it was being operated as though this is probably how it was going to play out, but it certainly wasn't a guarantee. Um, Oscar Colas, an interesting power outfielder, has a little bit of that all or nothing sort of swing to him uh, in his profile there. Some strikeouts, not a ton of walks. 263 ADP in these uh, the aforementioned four main events that we've seen here. That puts him as the 59th outfielder in between Mitch Hanniger and Jesse Winker. That feels like a pretty reasonable price for the White Sox rookie. What do you think of Oscar Colas? Yeah, his price never rose at all either, which was a little surprising uh, because I think there are some people in the industry that are pretty excited about him. Uh, again, it comes down to how much contact can he make uh you know is he gonna hit enough to kind of unleash uh that 60 grade uh raw power so uh he's gonna get an opportunity the white Sox seem to like him a lot the, and they also seem to want to not play eloy jimenez in the outfield good everybody's delight i drafted eloy last night and in response to that uh belief so we'll see how long that stays uh stays true um but I think there is somewhat of a short leash for Colas. I think he does have to hit to kind of stay up. So um, he's not like a premium defender or anything like that. He's kind of True. an average defender. Uh, but if he can just make league average contact or close to league average contact, um, I think there's 30 home run potential in that bat. So he's, yeah, he's the guy I'm, potential. Uh, I would definitely be picking up off the waiver wire in your shallower leagues where he wasn't drafted. Pick him up in a 12 then? You say shallower leagues, 12? Yeah, I think so. About a ten. Kind of depends on who you're replacing, but yeah, um, I, I think that's say you drafted Dylan Carlson. Yeah, drop Dylan Carlson and pick up uh, Oscar Golitz. I can I can get behind that even as a as a Carlson fan. Obviously, he's going to lose some PT with the uh, with the Walker with Walker making the team there. Uh, we didn't talk about that. Gorman, Burleson, Carlson, Walker. They're all going to be fighting for for PT there, but yeah. Walker's obviously going to be in the lead. But yeah, He's I like Colas. Ron Yepes as well. Oh yeah, and well, wait, did he even make the team? I believe he did. We don't have him on roster. No, he's optional. Oh, Ron Yepes is out. Oh wow. I'll I'll, I'll take my victory yeah, off on that. I told yeah, you. Yeah, Yepes had a pretty brutal uh, spring. Like he was hitting like two ten. So um, told you he'd be the loser and not Dylan Carlson. I mean, Dylan Carlson's still a loser. You just thought, not you as big of a loser. He was never She's getting good. he was never She's getting great. sent out. That was like literally never happening. That was always a crazy take. 
All right, let's move <laughs> over to the D-backs, talk some pitchers. Ryan Nelson won that fifth starters battle, but Trey Jameson made the team as well. He's going to work out of the bullpen as a multi-inning reliever, potentially in some high leverage. I wonder if he could find himself in a fireman or even maybe getting into that closers role there. Let's talk about Nelson first, who won the job. I know Eno's pretty big on, on Ryan Nelson. He also debuted last year. Uh, he and Jameson both did. Looked pretty sharp after ugly spells in AAA. The PCL will, will get you for sure, and they both seem to fall victim to that with a lot of home runs. But uh, what do you think of Nelson, 25-year-old righty, ends up winning this job here? Was he somebody that was on your radar this draft season? Yeah, I drafted actually both of them in my Barf League draft, and I was like, I'm going to get the fifth starter for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Uh, no, there was a point in which both looked like they were going to get sent down because they are both struggling. Mm-hmm. Nelson's stuff was unreal. Um, you look at the stuff scores uh, in spring, and he was just like off the charts good. Uh, the results weren't there until the last few starts, whereas I think he pulled ahead of Jameson. Though I am a little surprised that if they were going to keep both in the majors and one was going to go to the bullpen, that it wasn't Nelson going to the bullpen. I think his stuff plays up better in short inning spurts, whereas uh, Jameson has a little bit more complete uh, uh, repertoire. So uh, I think you take the gamble. It's a good park to pitch in. Um, Mm -hmm. This team is up and coming. And I, you know, like I I made, I mentioned to you, like I made a bet uh, that the uh, Diamondbacks win the division. uh, I like it. Like yeah. it's a gamble, you know, it's a, it's it's a, a huge gamble, for sure, but, like, but it's, it's like 25 bucks to win a grand. So I'll take that gamble any day of the week. So I, I think it's a worthy shot. Like they've yeah. got, they got a good lineup. I think they have a good rotation with some depth. I know they're playing the two, the two oldies and Davies and, and Bumgarner, which isn't great, uh, but they have the depth with Nelson uh, making it Jameson and Brandon Fott uh, behind them. I like that they've got those young arms. Hopefully, eventually, that we see all three of them in the rotation. If it was those three with Merrill Kelly and and Zach Gallen, that would be a rotation. Unfortunately, Bumgarner's getting paid. Some cost fallacy doesn't exist in major. How much longer is he getting paid for? Is the question. I think it's through twenty four. Correct me on that. If Uh, I'm wrong, I I know it was originally a five year deal, which is why the Giants. Yeah, yeah, through twenty four. So. At least it drops to 14 mil next year. It's a nine mil discount. Yeah, they they, they could make a middle reliever and and, yeah, but they'll probably keep starting him. He's you know he's like one of those guys. He's one of those guys we just refuse. Like he's probably got something in his contract that says he has to start. I wouldn't even be surprised. Yeah, Um, Jameson appealed to you at all as a start uh, as a reliever in I guess like 15s and deeper. Where you would hold him there, hoping that he gets back in the rotation. How, how do you how are you playing your Jameson shares now in fifteen mixers and deeper? I don't think so. Like I just I don't know that. Uh, I think he's a guy you just kind of let drop to the waiver wire, and if someone gets hurt, you go run back to try to pick him up, back up. But I don't know that you can hold someone like him who doesn't have really any opportunity to get wins or saves um, in the open. Yeah, um, maybe. You know, maybe you hold on to him just through the weekend, obviously, and kind of see how they use him. Because maybe, like, you know, maybe he's kind of the follower for Bumgarner. You know, Bumgarner goes, you know, three or four, and then, uh, or Zach Davies goes three and four, and then they bring in Jameson. So, uh, yeah, you know, maybe he's one of those guys you actually can get some cheap wins from because he'll be the first man in uh, in a situation where they're not letting the starter going very deep. Yeah, if we're seeing... Dre Jameson go multiple innings regularly, like two plus innings. That could be pretty interesting um, because it could give him the opportunity to, uh, like you said, pick up some some cheap wins. That would be kind of neat. Yeah, I I, I I could see the argument. I mean, I li- I liked him more than I like Nelson coming in to spring training, and it was just you know, Nelson spring training that helped propel him over. Uh, Jameson, so I mean, I shouldn't throw out all the uh, all the research and uh, kind of views I did just because he had a you know he struggled in a, in a few spring starts. So yeah, don't, definitely don't don't forget about him because I think he's gonna play a big role for the Diamondbacks this season. Yeah, that's a good caveat overall here. Be careful just throwing everything out that you thought because of spring results. It's still a six month season. Yeah, and it, I know it's really hard for us because we watch so many games, and uh, and we have to talk about it. Like mm-hmm. we don't get to just like start the uh, 
the you know the baseball season doesn't start and we just go um we're not going to podcast for two or three <laughs> weeks until things start to stabilize yeah yeah we have we're to talk about of, those first of, few weeks we're kind of forced to talk about like oh no matthew boyd had a really bad first start do i drop him um it's so hard it's it's super difficult and we there there will be things on every podcast or in a lot of articles that are just stupid um you know like I'm pretty sure, like, everybody recommended dropping, like, Labor Torres, like, you know, when he started out slow one year. And, um, yeah, the Matthew Carpenter, you know, uh, Matt Carpenter uh, nonsense from from a few years ago as well. So there's um, always a few guys that, yeah. uh, you know, they're struggling into mid May. And it's like, are we dropping uh, Marcus Semyon last year? I yeah, there's right? some yeah. talk of dropping him. And, you know, it's easy to say now, but I'm on record at the time that that, that was crazy. I was ne- I was never cutting. If you drafted draft. someone your first half of your draft, you'll drop them in the first month. Like the yeah. the bottom half, like I actually don't mind. Like if you want to get sure. aggressive, um, but yeah, the the first half, like don't don't drop people. It's just, no, you got to give them more than a month. You really do. Yeah. It's just it, it it is still a small sample, even a month in, and we'll, we will reiterate that throughout the uh, the next coming po- the coming podcast in April because I'm gonna, I'm going to try to stay disciplined in that regard. I'm not I'm not going to freak out. Don't don't freak out. Um, the Braves made a couple big moves here because their rotation is going to feature two young guys, Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd, the latter of which is making the squad because Kyle Wright is going to be on the IL with uh, shoulder fatigue to start the season, and Schuster just won the fifth won the fifth job. So we saw Schuster and Dodd start to move up. In drafts, it was like, okay, these guys are putting themselves on the radar here. They're battling for the fifth starters role. Then they both were able to make it after really impressive springs paired with the right injury. How do you feel about Braves prospects Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd? Let's start with Schuster, who uh, feels a little bit more stable because I think he won, like I said, I think he won the fifth starters role, and then Dodd made it because uh, because of Wright's injury. So let's start with Schuster. Uh, Schuster is an interesting guy. I mean, he's a lefty, so he kind of um, limits the damage that the short porch and right can do. They're both uh, lefties, in fact. It, oh, that's right. Um, I, he's not overpowering, but he's got good command and control. I think he's interesting. You're going to get wins on that team, especially if he can go deep enough to qualify um, in games. And uh, he gets his the opening series against the Nationals to start out. So I think I'm a little bit more interested in Schuster than Dodd just because he gets that first easy start. Uh, yeah. Dodd is going to line up, I think. At, at St. Louis. Yeah, that's not something I want. Is, I don't want. <laughs> is Schuster a 12-team pickup for you? 15, I think we're saying easily yes. but I think he's 12. like a team streamer in, uh, in 12. So I don't know okay. that you have to necessarily pick him up, but I think he's the guy that you – uh, if you have an extra roster spot and you want to kind of play the matchups with them, he makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because you get you want to see what's up. You know, Braves, they've got a good track record. I'm certainly intrigued by both these guys by virtue of the Braves bringing them up and, and the fact that they are legit prospects. Let's talk Dodd now. Um, he barely touched AAA last year. Uh, Schuster had 48 and two-thirds there, just six and two-thirds for Dodd, but he's actually older. He's going into his age 25 season, so he's a little bit behind the curve as far as his development. So it takes a little bit of punch out of the uh, dominant numbers that he had last year. He had a 20 plus, 20% or higher strikeout minus walk ratio at high A, double A, and triple A last year. But like I said, barely pitched at triple A, was 24 years old, so a little bit old for the level, but did very well. Also a lefty. Um, he gets that rough first start, like you said, out to St. Louis. But what do you think about Dylan Dodd? And is he someone you're picking up in 15 teamers then? You know, he's a guy that just started kind of becoming like one of the last picks of every draft at the main event. Um, I, I, I think I need to see more. I think I need to, um, I guess in a 15 team league, you don't have the opportunity to just wait and see. So maybe, yeah, because he'll probably be and, picked up this weekend. Um, yeah. You know, with Sunday's bids going into next week. Is that something that you would do with Dodd? I guess so. Um, I, I mean, at the beginning of the season, there's just so many options in the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you take a gamble like him as opposed to a gamble like a, a veteran that um, you know is not any good? Uh, no, <laughs> I think you take the gamble on him and hope that maybe he is decent uh, as opposed to you know taking. I, here's the question, right? Mitch Keller has an opening series uh, matchup against the Reds. It's in Cincinnati, so it's not a great park. But and then he Keller, goes to Boston the following week. Yeah, 
but Mitch Keller has looked really, really good in spring. Uh-huh. Would you rather have Mitch Keller or would you rather have Dylan Dogs? I'm going to go Keller. Here. I'm going to go Keller as well. Yeah. Dodd does set up for a two step next week, though. So he's he definitely going to be picked up. You're not going to be able to play the wait and see. Yeah, but 15. one of them is the Cardinals. So you really no, no, the, and the other one's San Diego at home. Yeah, so you're not it's playing. A tough two step. Yeah, he's going to get picked up. Okay. I'm telling but you. Why don't you wait to pick him up after everybody else drops him? Like, because he's going to get lit the fuck up by these guys. Probably. I'm just I'm yeah. just saying, if you like him, you got to get him now. That that's the I'm hard not. part about that is like you're gonna want to play them. It's a two step, exactly. And if you're you don't want to, you don't want to destroy your ratios like the I, first week of the season. I'll take the one step Tyler Wells over Dylan Dot. I'm just nervous. I, yeah. I don't know what to make of him. You know, guy has a, a start at AAA. He's 25. He had a great spring. I, I just don't know enough. So I he'll be maybe down in my bids, but I'm not like seeking Dylan Dot out, even though he has a two step next week. Mm-hmm. So. I'm, I'm playing it pretty cautiously. I agree with you, and I would take Mitch Keller over him. Uh, Connor Capel makes the A's. Uh, I actually took him in the main, but I also wanted to bring it up, not just because I wanted to be happy about getting him. or Actually, I didn't take him in the main. I picked him up this week. I, I cut somebody to pick him up. But uh, it means Christian Pache is going to be DFA'd. He's out of options. So they're going to get rid of Christian Pache, Ooh, the I center fielder, defensively. Who can't hit a lick? He was, he was the centerpiece of what the Matt Olson trade. Yeah, that's insanity. Um, he's a brutal hitter, dude. I know, but at worst, he's a fantastic defensive center fielder. Like, actually, I, I'd say Shea Langliers was the centerpiece, and he was probably okay. secondary. But still, your point, your point holds. I'm sorry, I'm just being technical, I'm, Tommy. You can't tell me he doesn't make the team better than he is just with his defense like and i don't want to make this capel versus pache because i would think brent no no rooker, no, no i, I just want to say brent rooker made the team and that would probably be the the versus that i the, the battle that i would set up how is brent rooker making it over christian pache who actually had a decent spring too but it's based on everything that's set up it doesn't look like he's making now, it's not official yet so news could change but everything i'm reading says that christian pache is going to get murked I don't. I mean, how can you make the argument that they should be keeping guys like Chase Peterson and well, Peterson's because where he plays, it's Rooker. Yeah, but like, there's like four or five guys that are going to make this opening day roster that probably shouldn't be on any major league roster. And I think it's really only Rooker though that you really want to look at. I I agree. Twenty-eight year old like hit only type of guy. I, I, actually, I don't know about his defense. Uh, he might be an okay defender, but I, I think I, he's an okay defender, but he's like but a not short Pache. side platoon guy. Like. Yeah. Pache is an elite center fielder, but can't hit a lick Had hit a bit in spring. Some teams going to Brian Oda making the team. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But let's talk about Capo a little bit. Cause I actually quite like him. Uh, it sucks that he's on Oakland, right? His runs and ribbies are going to be like a combined 13, but um, I think there's some intrigue here in terms of the overall skills. Good plate skills can take a walk, doesn't strike out too much. Um, hit a little bit in his sample last year between St. Louis and Oakland, uh, particularly with Oakland. He got 40 plate appearances. It's um, nothing sample. I don't even want to get into citing the numbers. It's so small. But, you know, held his own there for a little bit. But in the minors, 10 homers, 19 steals in AAA last year in 87 games, hitting 258, 361, 425 with a 16% K rate and a 13% walk rate. That was with AAA for St. Louis. Um, I, I don't know how they got him. I don't know what trade that was. I can look it up. But uh, what do you think of Connor Capel? And it's C-O-N-N-E-R there if you're looking for him. It's not, the I, I think, the more common spelling of Connor. But what do you think of Connor Capel? It was a waivers pickup by Oakland, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that clearly has worked hard to improve his overall profile because kind of profile is kind of a below average contact guy mm-hmm. uh, and more of a, a sum of all parts type of profile as opposed to having a carrying tool, especially for fantasy, but just in general. Uh, but he he's he's really improved that hit tool. I mean, even his you know small major league sample, he had like uh, above league average uh, zone contact. Uh, it looks like he's kind of made strides kind of in the swing strike rate every year in the minor leagues to the point where it was under 10% last year. So uh, 
he the question is like what kind of opportunities to get to actually play right now roster resource has him is kind of the fourth outfielder kind of bench option so maybe he just kind of plays three or four times a week that just doesn't make him super interesting for any size league outside of L only uh a, a guy I, I, I think he'll play more i i don't believe in that story or he's at all yeah, Ruiz had a good spring though. Hit a home run last night off of Ross Stripling. Um, I don't give a shit. Yeah, uh, I think th- I think they're gonna give Ruiz. I will, I will say, run. with regard to Ruiz, uh, I'm being pretty flippant, but yeah. uh, the the play skills were pretty nice. I do I do mm-hmm. I do like that, and I will give credit there. Four four strikeouts, seven walks. That is nice. And if he, because uh, you know he struck me as those prototypical rabbits that got the great speed but can't hit a lick. Did have a good spring. You are correct. I don't want to mm-hmm. just completely dismiss it. Um, but yeah, I think Capel can can still mix in pretty regularly. Um as a lefty, you know, they've got Loriano, Seth. Loriano's gonna get hurt. I mean, like, the, yeah. like it, well, if Loriano gets hurt, then Capel's playing every day, or at least yeah, it, right. It, it's just a matter of time before uh mm-hmm. before Loriano gets hurt again. So but you mentioned Noda, who you know, we'll see what Ryan Noda can do, but Aguilar can always go to first as well. And then Seth mm-hmm. Brown can uh, or, or stay at DH. Seth Brown can play some first, get Capel in that way. I think Capel's going to get his opportunities. Noda, by the way, if we're going to talk about what Capel did in the minors last year, Ryan Noda had a 25 home or 20 steal season in the Dodgers minor leagues last year. Do you have any interest? He's always been good. He's hit well throughout the He's 27, though. So he was beaten, you know, kind of an older guy beating up the minors. Any intrigue in Noda, who also made this uh, A's club? Yeah, um, I think there should be some interest. I'm hoping he doesn't have a really big first weekend so I can pick him up in uh, some leagues uh, because, uh, like, my auction team in Vegas, like, I, I pretty much didn't draft a first baseman. So uh, <laughs> We talked about how deep it was this whole time, and you didn't get anybody? I, I, I didn't. I ran out of money because of Jared Kelnick. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you were a part of that. You were sitting right there. It didn't stop me. Go, uh, go. Yeah, go. exactly. Better get your guy. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a guy that is going to be really, really interesting because he's a Rule 5 pick. He has to stay on the 26-man roster. Yeah, this is Noda who has like, to stay on the team. Yeah, so I think uh, I think he's going to get a fair amount of run. Like, why would they return him? You know, like their other first base option is Jesus Aguilar, and Aguilar hasn't looked bad or anything in spring, but he's, he's not DH, part of this future. Yeah, well, he's DH, right? Like, yeah. I think they want to keep him around, but like he's kind of perma DH, occasional time over at first. It should be Noda and Brown playing yeah. first. Um, and yeah, so we'll see what's up with Loriano and Ruiz. That's what's going to help, or, or that's what's going to hurt Capel getting in the lineup right now with those two uh, up upright and playing with uh, Loriano's health concerns and Ruiz's uh, skill concerns. But I, I still like Capel. Like I said, picked him up, kind of my last guy on the roster. I just want to see what he can do. Could be kind of an intriguing dude. Um, Noda also has some intrigue as well. 15 team mixers and deeper here we're talking. I'm really not sure that anybody besides like Seth Brown, Loriano, Maybe Aguilar, um, our twelve-team viable, and maybe Ruiz if if he is indeed turning a corner here, uh, because his speed plays so much. But I, I think that's it as far as twelve-team viable on the yeah. A's. So, all right, we got our last bit of news here. Jared Walsh is going to start on the IL, dealing with some headaches. Um, it didn't say anything about. I, I don't know if he's recently got gotten a concussion or anything, but I know there was like concern about um, his health from. Uh, from the the thoracic outlet syndrome mm-hmm. surgery, but that seemed to be all right. It's these headaches right now that uh, that are causing some issues and going to put him on the IL to start the season. Were you back in on Walsh at all during draft season? No, but he was another guy that um, I was thinking about picking up this weekend. Uh, yeah, he, he could have been your first base pickup. First base, because uh, like I said, I don't really have a, a really good option there um, in in my auction league. So. Uh, so it's a little bit of a bummer to see him, you know, have these headache issues. I don't know exactly uh, what's going on. I'm kind of taking a look. I, I believe there was something else going on, too, along with the headaches that uh, was an issue. Um, insomnia. He's having insomnia. And oh, so okay, um, that's rough. So uh, and then the on that. that's that's a pain. Yeah, that, that is a nightmare. 
Yeah, absolutely. As someone who doesn't sleep on purpose, it's really uh, it's it's more brutal when you, you can't control that. Um, so Drury will probably move into first um, consistently there while while he's out while Walsh is out. Uh, opens up the door for some more Renhifo, Luis Renhifo playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about uh, Renhifo there? Because I know he was somebody who had he had some fantasy juice because of what he did down the stretch last year, but I was having a hard time figuring out where he was going to play, so I wasn't particularly interested in Renhifo. What do you think about this now that uh, he has a, at least a short-term window to maybe play a bit more? I like Renhifo as a, kind of a glue guy in deeper leagues, you know, a guy who can be on your bench and cover multiple different uh, positions. Um, mm-hmm. I think the more interesting Angels news is that Logan O'Hop made – the did make the yeah. team. Uh, and I will say this also, this injury um, or, or this uh, situation with Walsh, I think allowed Matt Theis to make it, which was my concern. Wait, yeah. is Stasi on the – oh, no, never mind. Stasi on the IL made it yeah. uh, easy to keep Th- – because it was Theis, Ohapi, that was the concern. And I yeah. was like in on Ohapi early. Then I saw the Theis talk. I backed off. I was like, I'm I'm too nervous that he's going to start in the minors. I'm already pretty skeptical of rookie catchers. Then got back in late thinking like, okay, it looks like he's going to make it. And now Hoppy did make it. His price was always pretty expensive though. So when I say back in, I just meant in terms of like, oh, I think he's going to make the team now. I didn't really end up drafting him because I thought the market was was pretty tight yeah. on Ohapi, uh from the jump. I didn't draft him either because I didn't think he was making the team. But the Stassi injuries uh, helped him uh, in that regard. So uh, I think the people who are believers are going to get rewarded. I mean, he he showed a pretty good hit tool in the minor leagues and during spring training. I think I don't think he's like a massive power guy or anything like that, but I think he will hit for enough power uh, combined with a a decent average uh, to make him pretty viable in two catcher formats. 36% 36% K rate in spring, though. That could be uh, could be a little tough yeah. there. We'll see what's going on with Ohapi's batting average. But you're hoping to get some pop there. A C2, I think it's a worthy gamble. Um, he's always taken pretty good walks. He's never really struck out like that to that degree before in the minors coming up. So maybe that was just a small sample of, of ugliness for Ohapi. But, uh, yeah, it did jump out to me. 36% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate. Uh, so, yeah, ended up being a news-only episode. We will get into some main event discussion next time out. Uh, we will be talking real-life, regular season, major league games on Friday, Justin. I can't wait. Um, I know you say you don't have any more drafts right now, but – I, I, I'm not going to hold you to that. You might still get another one. Good luck if you do. And I'll talk to you on Friday. Take it easy. <laughs>